Oh, hello, and welcome to the Community Experience Podcast. We are so glad you're here. If you're one of our regulars, you're probably wondering why we haven't published in a while. We actually chose to sunset the show in early 2023, but the feed will stay active because so many of the episodes are timeless. If you want to learn more and search our back catalog, you can visit smartpassiveincome.com slash cxpodcast, all one word. Hey, we have an amazing event coming up, the Expert Advantage Workshop Series, where every day for a week, starting on Monday, May 20th, it's myself and another expert coming on to present to you about various kinds of things to help you with your brand and your business. Our brand new experts in residence and pro are gonna be there to co-host these workshops with me, and you're not gonna wanna miss it. You'll have a chance to ask all of them questions, and it's completely free to join. All you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. On Monday, May 20th, Amy Nelson's gonna come on, and we're gonna talk social media, but specifically how to drive revenue and connect with important stakeholders that matter to you in your business using social media. The next day, we have Noshin Chen, and she's gonna lead a presentation about how to become a better communicator, how to increase those skills faster, because that's gonna help you not just connect with new people, new clients, but also get your idea across better ton of takeaways in that presentation. And all you have to do to sign up and join and get all the links that you need is smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Again, one more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Join us on our Expert Advantage workshop series. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Again, smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. I have members in my community from every member or every community I'm in. I did not go in there and sell. I didn't say, hey, here's the link to buy entrance into my community. All I've done is like present, talk. You guys have been kind in all these communities. So I've got a little spotlight, a little shine here and there just because I'm helpful and engaging and all those things. And I have members from every single community I'm in. So if you've ever started a community or thought about starting one and you wonder to yourself, where do I find my first community members? I can't just assume they're just going to show up out of nowhere. Well, turns out that there's actually a really, really great place to find prospective members for your community, and that is in other communities. And that is one of several things we'll be talking about today with our guest, Dan Bennett, aka The Antipreneur, who is an amazing guy, member of our SPI Pro community. Very excited to get into the conversation. I think just hearing from someone who launched a community and has done just such a great job and who is such an amazing community member in several communities. I can firsthand say that about Dan because I'm in a couple that he's in. It's just a, it's a great conversation for anybody looking to start a community and you're not really sure what to do. Like how, how Dan did it is just like a plus plus. Let's get into the conversation with Dan Bennett, AKA the antipreneur. Okay, Dan Bennett, Antipreneur, welcome so much. We're so excited to have you on the podcast. Hey, I am stoked to be here, probably more so than comes across on my face. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm do so have a excited. very stoic presence. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it because I'm like, blah. So it's a, it's a nice balance. Dan, so for everyone listening, Dan has been in my periphery, peripheral, periphery for a while because he 
came to a lot of live events that we've done at SPI. And so I would interact with Dan in like a, you know, like a chat of a live stream, things like that. And I was like, this guy is cool. Like, why isn't he in pro? You know, and then and then one day it just all happened and you joined. And since then, um, we've gotten to know you and just more of your origin story and what you do and the community you've launched and just all these things. And it's just awesome sauce. But Dan, let let everybody know, who are you? How did you become the antipreneur, the best name? Yeah. Uh, so the first thing, uh, you're totally right, Jillian. So uh-huh. there's that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, I always say I wish the antipreneur was a better story. Like I sat down and thought of it and it was strategy and whiteboarded because uh, I'm a huge whiteboard fan. But I was making some content in 2017, just ranting and raving in a fun way like I do. And uh, not that they don't still exist, but that was kind of the height of the digital entrepreneur guru and get my course and my checklist and you'll have a Lamborghini too. I was just kind of sick of seeing it. So I was ranting about it and I was like, you know what? Like everyone's calling themselves an entrepreneur back in my day. I'm 41, so I'm not ancient, but I still say back in my day, if you said entrepreneur, someone would look at you and be like, oh, you don't have a job, do you? And nowadays, 2017, when I'm saying this, you say entrepreneur and everyone says, oh yeah, me too. (laughs) And it was like getting frustrating not to discount anyone's efforts, but I was like, man, are you though? Like, do you live, do you eat, breathe, sleep your solution? Do you think about this every day? Does it get you, are you an entrepreneur? You know? So I said, forget that. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm an antipreneur. And I just kept rambling afterwards. Someone in my audience was like, I dig that. And I'm like, dig what? (laughs) And it kind of stuck over time when it came time to launch my podcast. I'm like, oh, it's the antipreneur show. And when it came time to uh, push the YouTube channel, it's the antipreneur YouTube channel. Uh, So really all it was, was me being lazy and naming things in a way that doesn't take too much brain power. (laughs) I mean, it sticks because you hear it and you're immediately like, yes. And for that same reason, I mean, Tony knows I'll go on long tangents about the like six figure lunch and hustle grind, all of that. And I'm just like, it's bullshit. Sorry. No, you got to work for it. Like you can work smarter for sure, but it's not all just like. You're not going to be handed bags of money yeah. <laughs> launching things unless you're Seth Godin. <laughs> Did you put entrepreneur in your bio? Here's some money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the most fun part about That's it phase is... phase two of the three phases. <laughs> we finally figured it out. Here's my blueprint. Yeah. So like because it existed, then it was like, well, I'm going to build things around it. You know, again, the real smart people have ideas and then build the thing. This went in the opposite order, uh, which I often accidentally do. And then it became like, well, if I'm pushing back against the status quo, which is kind of our tagline, crushing the status quo, um, what do I want to be talking about? And a lot of that is like no magic pills, no silver bullets. There's no blueprints. There's foundational business principles that matter, how you treat your customers. Do you follow through on your product and delivery? Those things. And then what you build on top of it is yours. So how dare I ever come along and tell you what you should be building? Disclaimer, there are influences out there that are incredible. There are blueprints that are a 10 thing checklist that'll help you launch podcasts and they're very accurate. Nothing against those things. It's more of the idea of that kind of snake oil gross stuff that none of us really like. Definitely. Dan, tell us more about like what you do as the antipreneur. I know what you do, but tell our audience. I, I try and help entrepreneurs and startups learn to look and sound great on camera. That comes in a lot of different forms and fashions, but that's the beginning of it. I call it the medicine and the cheese. So your vet says, get your dog to take this pill and the dog won't take the pill. And the vet's like, I'll put it in some peanut butter or in some cheese. And so the medicine is actually story development, storytelling, but that's a hard thing to sell, at least currently for me. 
So the cheese is video. And I hide great storytelling in video and I help capture how awesome people already are and then use video as a vehicle to take that story where it's going. So oftentimes, and I'm very open about this and they still seem surprised when it happens, oftentimes I trick my clients and my followers into telling better stories instead of leading with that because a lot of people are like, tell better stories. How do you even begin to do that? So we do it through uh, great video content. Wow. <laughs> trick them suckers just kidding T- tell us your secrets <laughs> how do how do you trick people dan <laughs> one of the things and again i'm i'm upfront about this and it still gets oh wow you know when i'm working with people one of the things is to leverage how a lot of entrepreneurs already think and they think that way because we're problem solvers so we're trying to solve a problem often for other people one of the ways that we think is that kind of checklist that blueprint what are the four main things i really need to conquer to get something done so i'll take fictional story tools example a story spine often accredited to disney and pixar even though they didn't invent it that is just a very high level once upon a time until one day everything changed and because of that and because of that until one day and then ever since and I'll take a tool like that that you see in movies and books, video games, comics, and I'll apply it to real life stories in the life of the client that I'm working with. So I'll say, let's literally fill this out. Once upon a time in 2020, Dan lost everything, including filing bankruptcy, being sued and shutting his business down and all his tenants quit paying rent. And because of that, he went out into the woods to find himself, took a whiteboard and a book and nothing else. And because of that, he had some epiphanies, changed the way he looked at the world and business. And because of that, he came out, kind of built a plan. And ever since, he's been really open about sharing what he's up to because that serves him so well because other entrepreneurs are so helpful and they've helped me along the way. And ever since, I want to take what people have given me and then help other people with my skill set. So all I did was just fill in those blanks and tell a quick story about something happened to me. So that's one of the ways of hiding the medicine in the cheese is just using tools that an entrepreneur can look at and go, okay, I can fill in those blanks. But then what I'm doing is pulling it out. Did you actually go into the woods with a whiteboard? And a I did. I did. I did. Yeah. That's a good story. What too. an image. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I need, I need some details. Like, yeah. first of all, you had me a cheese. I'm in, yeah. but like, dairy. did you <laughs> done? What kind of cheese doesn't matter. I'm here in the woods. Was this in a building or was this like in the elements? Yeah. I, I never shy away from telling a story. So lost everything, August, 2020. I'm like, what's next? I'm sitting with my partner, Jax. Uh, she's a professional chef and lost everything at the exact same time. So we're like sitting on the couch, like, hmm. <laughs> and I said, this is not good time for this, but I really need to get away. I need to go find myself. I need to start up. I got to figure something out. And without me knowing, she went and used a site called Outdoorsy. And essentially it's like Airbnb for camper trailers and stuff like that. And she rented me a pop-up trailer I could haul be- behind our old little SUV. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. So now I got this camper for 10 days and time. Where am I going to go? I was looking around Michigan where I lived at the time. And there's like state land that you can camp on for free. No amenities, but you can put your trailer there. And I was like, oh. And I was telling an old uh, colleague of mine, old friend, what I was doing. He's like, oh, I got land up there. And it's actually, I accidentally bought a campground. And I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> Accidentally. <laughs> yeah. And another story there, but a good story. So anyway, he, he was looking for land and it just happened to be an old campground that wasn't in use anymore, but it had a little bit of electricity and one bathroom that worked. And he's like, go up, it's all yours. So I literally went up to this lake, no one around, right next to state land, pulled up my trailer and just was, just sat in the forest trying to find out what was next. Yeah. That's amazing. It, it, it was transformational. <laughs> 
not to be too cheesy, but no. Well, and to your point, it wasn't a good time. It was the worst time. It's never a good time. So I know, right? Props to you for for doing it nonetheless, because I think that is often the catalyst we all need to just be like, you know, screw it. I'm doing it anyways, you know, and, and how great that your, that your partner was right there with you, like kind of helped jumpstart that, you know? Yeah. It was pretty incredible because we were like selling stuff out of our personal storage unit to like pay bills. So it was not a, a good time to spend money, but man, it was such an incredible thing. And Jax, like I said, she's a chef. So like I had a cooler full of stuff to eat all week. So I didn't even have to really go anywhere. And I took a whiteboard, one book, and an old iPad with like 10 documentaries on it just for like going to bed entertainment. And that was it. it just went with no plan. Gosh. So, so you come out of the woods happily ever after. Yep. And in some sense, the entrepreneur is born and you start helping people look and sound good on camera. I love that. It's such a like, I know exactly what you do. Amazing. So, so, you know, something you and I talk a lot about is community, obviously. And tell us, tell us more about how you went from, you know, working one-on-one with people to get them sounding and, and looking better to deciding to go into launching a community. Like what, what made you think that was like the right, the right play? Uh, so just before pandemic and lockdown and all that, I was uh, going into people's homes, helping them drop ship the stuff from Amazon. I'd show up after it was all delivered, help them open it, set it up so they didn't have to go through that stress. Uh, Set up a home office or a space inside their brick and mortar, wherever we were working and get them as close as I could to just being able to hit record. So if they had a good idea, they could just go turn on a couple lights, hit record and have something. And a buddy of mine was like, you really need to uh, digitize this. This needs to be scalable. You could help a lot of people. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard that word scale. I don't understand it, but like I've heard it. <laughs> you know, shout out to my friend Craig, who's not an entrepreneur himself. He gave me three months rent for this local kind of dedicated office space building in our town, uh, Flint, Michigan, and was like, get in there and build it. So he gave me the first three months and then I stayed there all the way up until lockdown, which was just a little bit over a year. And I built One Minute Media kind of quietly in the background, the digital version. Lockdown happens, that got expedited. <laughs> and then we launched very kind of fractionally. We had the coursework on my website through some software. And then we had a private Facebook group for the people. And then I had like an email marketing software to like talk to the people because Facebook will throttle you and all these different things. It was just messy and spread out everywhere, but it was starting to kind of work a little bit. And that was uh, 2020 April that we launched that. And not a lot of growth, not a lot of money, but like I was understanding what was possible. Um, about, what was it about three or four months ago? Um, I upped my subscription to the software that runs my course on my website and it's like a $240 spend annual spend. And it's never fun when you're a micro business. So it was like, Oh, and I hit the button and did it two days later circle. I'd already been keeping an eye on them released paywalls. And I was like, all right, touche. So I did my trial, got into the community and was instantly like blown away at what was offered to me, how warm I was welcomed and how quickly I could build something because all the information I needed was there. So I asked for a refund from the software company. They wouldn't give it to me. Sunk cost out of the way, signed up with Circle and I was able to take what was in, you know, I'd, I'd go live on YouTube and I had a private Facebook group and I'd have to email people and then they'd have to go to my website to go through the course. I took all of that and was able to put it in one spot and I felt like I took 10 tons off my shoulders. And now I can focus in one spot and go, ooh, I can serve people really well when I only have to go to one place and I can just show up and help. Um, so I don't know if that answered that question, but that was kind of the journey of like this digital kind of fragmented thing coming into focus. 
And the antipreneur kind of being reborn out of the forest was that Dan's the antipreneur. And I hope other people call themselves antipreneurs too. It's not something I'm trying to claim. It's a feeling or kind of an attitude. That's me. So my podcast, my YouTube channel, whatever the face shows up, just call it the antipreneur. And then the vertical is one minute media where I can actually help people look and sound good on camera. That alignment and that focus and niching down, um, it's, it, man, it works. It's all the things that smart people like you guys tell people and we all nod, but then when we actually do it, we're like, wow, that really does work. <laughs> I wish I could take credit for that, but I'm not the one giving that information. <laughs> Wasn't me. And something that's so interesting, because I think your your journey into like, oh, I could scale this in the community and, you know, reach more people without burning myself out is something that a lot of people are considering. And one thing you mentioned briefly, but something I know you have done, and I think I know we both feel strongly about this, so let's talk about it because we agree on everything. You're right. You're right. <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> you are a member of several communities and were before launching yours, which is advice I always give people considering launching their own community. I ask, well, what communities are you a member of? And oftentimes there's a kind of a, a blank stare pause, like, oh, and, and then usually talking to that person, they actually are members of some sort of community. They just don't think of it that way. All that to say, I think you are someone who is in several communities. So tell us about that. How, how did being a member of other people's communities help you kind of formulate what you wanted in a community? Uh, so the high level is steel. I'm, I'm a big, big advocate of stealing. And like yoinks steel, not like metal yoinks. steel. Swipe. We'll say swipe. <laughs> just swipe or no swipe. No, swipe or don't swipe it. Yeah. So I've been a designer since 1999. I've always been very open about the fact that I'm really, really good at taking six or seven different kind of ideas and melding them together to a point where no one knows where anything came from. So I still have original ideas, but I don't draw. I do everything digitally. So I take components and make them into new things or use them as inspiration. And then somewhere along the line, someone told me that was okay. You know, nothing's new under the sun type of stuff. So I was like, all right, cool. This is actual skill set. I'm not just a thief. So that was comforting back in the day when I was doing like band t-shirts for other bands and stuff. Fast forward, when it's time for me to look at community, I'm like, okay, well, part of being a Circle member, as in using their software, is to be in the Circle community if you want. So I'm going to go in there. And the first thing I said on the first office hours call is like, can I just take, you know, half this stuff and make it mine? And Matilde in Circle was like, oh my God, yes, please. I tell people to do it all the time and they won't. They feel bad. And I'm like, okay, I'm taking it. <laughs> and while all this is happening, you know, I've been aware of like SPI and Pat for a long time. I was aware of SPI Pro, just kind of watching from a distance, listening to podcasts, big fan of leading with heart and help. So I'm like vibing with this stuff. And then the, the summit came out uh, last year and it was very heavily geared towards community and community building. There was a point where I felt like every single presenter was like picked for me. Uh, it's the first time in my life I've looked at something like, wow, this was curated just for me. And then I started feeling like this shouldn't have been free. Like I got so much incredible information that it led me to the point of joining SPI Pro. So by the time that happened, I had been in circle swiping things, building my community slowly, being very open about the process and asking for all the help because that's what community is for, giving and taking help. And when I came into SPI Pro, a lot of the uh, uh, kind of conversation was like, it can be like drinking from a fire hose and da-da-da-da-da. And then I countered by saying, uh, not to discount anyone's feelings about this is overwhelming, 
but I feel like I'm being served craft cocktails right now because I was already in a community, saw what really worked for me. It happened to be based on circles, so that helps. And then I came to SPI Pro and I'm like, I'll take some of that. A little squeeze of orange, a little zest, my favorite bourbon. Ah, and I am like fast tracking the hell out of SPI because it has everything I need and I could choose and pick. So not only did swiping help me build my own community, it helps me interact in other communities in a more efficient manner because I know what I need and I know what I can offer. And I try not to waste anyone's time or my own. I don't think I realized, I'm trying to remember that during audience driven, I mean, I was doing a million things, but I just kind of assumed that you had already like been a part of the SPI community for like forever at that point. Um, so I'm glad that that had an impact for you. Uh, that's like probably now like my number one positive outcome from audience driven is, uh, is having you on board. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I, I want to point out too, that I take that as a compliment because it's kind of contributed to how I interact with people. If I'm in, I'm in. And if I'm not, like I said, I don't want to waste anyone's time or my own. And that's everything from sales and disqualification in my own business to joining a community or just being part of a YouTube live. Um, so I love that you felt that way because I do interact that way. I'm like, who's doing what? Who can I learn from? Who can I help? Bam, bam, bam. And it worked out pretty well. Amazing. Can you tell me a little bit about the community that you are developing now? How do you engage folks? Like, what do I do when I join as a member? What am I, what am I there for? You are there to learn how to look and sound great on camera, uh, but at your own pace and doing most of the heavy lifting yourself. So I do still keep a stable of one-on-one -on -one clients, larger companies, solopreneurs with larger budgets, one-on-one -on -one work, but that is very selective and I want it to be a small percentage of my overall. So that's done with you. And then one minute media, the community is DIY, even though I'm in there and I'm still really helpful. So you can expect to take a course that's aimed at entrepreneurs. That's my big differentiator. I should talk about it more. You can find all the information I talk about from professional filmmakers, from YouTubers, from wherever, but it's always catered towards videographers, YouTubers, and video content creators who that's their whole business. So they might tell a videographer how to get more video clients for their business. And that's no good for an entrepreneur because they're like, I don't run a video business. I just want to know what shutter speed is or whatever the case may be. So it's very geared towards entrepreneurs. And being an entrepreneur myself, I know you're already wearing 17 hats. You don't need more learning curve and more stuff, but you know video is important. That's why you're here. So the videos are all short and punchy and catered toward how to just understand framing enough to keep an eye on your framing not to understand how to drive a story and really get emotional impact. Those things come in time, but I just want you to know how to frame yourself well. So there's the coursework that's in there. Um, there's a really cool little spot called the sandbox, the video sandbox. And that's to stretch your wings, uh, exercise your video muscles, get critique and feedback from peers and professionals like myself, but all in a private and loving environment. So you can like test and play um, we have people that make videos and they're like, okay, don't worry about the quality of this video. Just give me feedback on the content and then they'll deliver. Or they'll be, you know, I just got a new light. This is how I set it up. Does it look good? Let me know. Uh, so it's just a place to safely kind of find your bearings and start making video. Live events, and I'll say this for any community, like all the communities I'm in right now, 90% of them are circle-based. And live events, workshops, office hours, Q&As are huge in all of them, including mine. Uh, so you can expect weekly live Q&As where you can save up your questions all week, come and pepper me with them. And that's actually one of my favorite things to do in the world is just answer video questions because, you know, again, 90% of those questions are not that big of a deal for me. And so I just answer them, get you over the hurdle and you keep going because it's a five minute fix. 
then we got some normal stuff like introduce yourself, share some wins, you know, uh, interact with each other. And then I have a store where you can get my digital services that I generally sell at price A for a discounted price B because you're a member. And that's pretty much it. Most people just want to learn how to do this stuff, share what they're doing, and then get that professional feedback and critique so they can do better and then be just churning out you know, really quality video. Have your members, can they, can they just buy a membership or do they have to buy a course to get me- the membership? What's your, how does that yeah, work? Yeah, I, I thought about that a lot before this launched because I always knew that the course was not the answer. And it's a weird thing when you sell a course to be like, this is not the answer. It's curated and it's powerful, but really what it does is quickly get people to the point where they can go, oh, a couple lights and a microphone, DC. okay, I look and sound good already to this point. Now what can we do with it? So membership is the 100% key focus and the course is in there as part of what's offered. Because I don't want people to think, okay, I got to do these 15 videos and do a PDF you know, checklist afterwards and answer and get scored and all that. No, this is a reference point that's curated for you that you can come to anytime and go, what did Dan say about lighting? Go watch that four-minute video and be like, oh, that's right. That's how I get the glare out of my glasses or whatever the case may be. So it's definitely membership-driven. And the one thing when it was all fragmented and there was a private Facebook group that never really existed was community. I mean, everyone was in a group, but it wasn't like helping each other, rooting each other on, talking, sharing videos and stories. It was just, this is where we all met. And now I'm really trying to uh, promote the humanness of we're all on this journey. And just because I've been making video for 14 years now doesn't mean that when I turn the camera on, I'm not like, huh, okay, what, how does this work? What are we going to talk about? Man, I want to make sure this is good. Um, I've shared with Jillian before that like, you know, people are like, oh, you're so natural on camera and all this stuff. I'm like, well, A, I've done it a lot and that helps. But B, if I showed you my cuss reel, it's like 20 hours long. If I put it all together, you could watch it for a full day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> The, the journey is always takes a lot of work to look this effortless. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so true. Uh, so yeah, membership, membership, membership in the sense of community because I want people to know they're not alone, including myself. I really think there's something, something to that, especially you know, and we all we all have courses. We all know the completion rate of digital courses is traditionally pretty low, and I know I'm guilty of purchasing a course and then being like, eh, you know, <laughs> or like just kind of like powering through. The le- like the video content, but not actually doing the work. And so I really see, yeah, I think you're kind of on the forefront of where courses are going. And this is one of my favorite things in my life is happy accidents. They happen all the time. That's why I'm so open about them because I try things, sometimes they work. And I point out that I did not sit down and like, I know what will work. But as soon as the course became a curated well that someone could just come back to over and over and draw from, it changed everything in my brain. I'm like, oh yeah. If someone forgets where to position their microphone, they could just go back and watch a video again. Like they don't have to, like you said, go step by step or learn a thing and retain it forever. This can just be, you know, almost like a really good YouTube playlist. This can just be where they come and get the stuff they need and go back to work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and more importantly, have the community who's all there for the same thing. So that it's so, you know, it's genius because then I can post and be like, hey, I did this and this, but the result is not what I expected. What am I doing wrong? And like to be able to have that conversation versus just the top down teaching or like lessons, it, that's it's so huge. I think we found that with the with the boot camps, like the camaraderie of people working through stuff together. So, you know, a little bit of a different format, of course, but it, it's just there's something magical about it. Like just the 
they all, it seems like every boot camp we've done, the, the people who do it and then are done, like they stay connected because they just helped each other so much. And now they're, now they're a crew. So it's amazing. Yeah, so cool. And it opens doors. I have, hopefully this is okay to say, I have members in my community from every member or every community I'm in. I did not go in there and sell. I didn't say, hey, here's the link to buy, you know, entrance into my community. All I've done is like present, talk. You guys have been kind in all these communities. So I've got a little spotlight, a little shine here and there just because I'm helpful and engaging and all those things. And I have members from every single community I'm in. That's awesome. So you never know, you know, how community can affect other people because there's people in SPI trying to grow something where video will help. There's people in learn.community, which is a community I'm in, that are all building communities and some of them want to leverage video. There's people in circle that are like, want to use video. And because I'm kind of that guy, naturally, sometimes people are DMing me during the office hours Zoom going, hey, can I talk to you afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, no problem. That, But that's just like, that's just a good like green light knowing it's going well. I, I have similar in the circle community. I think I build trust in there a bit just because I've done a few, like you, like done a few presentations, whatnot. And then people are like, oh, okay, she's real. She's a real person. <laughs> that was the uh, final thing that happened before I joined SPI Pro. And I wasn't sitting around like, I don't know if I'm going to join SPI Pro or not. I just, yeah, I just hadn't. And after the summit, I was like, man, this is definitely on my roadmap. I will be going in there, especially after the community launches, so I can just get more help. And you were in circle uh, presenting and I was like, ooh, walk the walk. There's nothing sexier than walking the walk after you've talked the talk in business to me. It's just like, yes. And that was kind of the final, the next day I went over and I'm like, all right, I'm a little rough around the edges. Let's see if these guys accept me. And I filled out the application. I remember seeing your application. I remember that event because you were one of the few, you know, that was like on camera because that's your, that's your thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's the guy. That's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw your application. Oh. And uh, I was, uh, I was on uh, Ask Pat and I mentioned SPA Pro so much. And Pat's like, I, I just want to point out that I did not pay Dan to say all these nice things. Yeah. But it has absolutely changed my business. And it's not just because there's stuff in there that helps and helpful people and all that. It is the community. It's that I can jump on an office hours, ask a question, get an answer, and then go implement that in my business that day and see change. It's like, holy moly. So anyway, shout out to SPA Pro and, and what you guys do. Because if you're not there, you should be there. Man. We did pay Dan for this segment, actually. <laughs> yes. A lot. <laughs> $12. <laughs> no, we did not. But this is part of why we wanted to have you on the show, uh, not to toot our own horn about pro, but to just talk about the impact of other communities on your own community, on your business, and just how important it is. And I think as, as community builders, depending on what we're doing, we can get so siloed in our own day to day and, you know, the dumpster fires <laughs> of whatever's going on. Or maybe not. Maybe people don't have to deal with them. But as Dan knows, I love a good dumpster fire. I love a good dumpster fire. <laughs> so, sorry to step on your dumpster fire comment, Joe. No, go. Go for it. <laughs> I was derailing quick. <laughs> I talked to a lot of people who are trying to build communities for the first time and a major topic is where do I find my members? Well, I said, well, we find them in other communities. You know, what, what communities are you a part of? Or where, what communities do you think your people are hanging out in right now? By the way, in what ways are those communities not serving the needs of the people that you want to work with? You know, we've seen several, several examples of that uh, with previous folks that we've interviewed. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, when I was running my community, uh, my co-working community, 
I had a harder time staying engaged and staying in the loop when I let running my community make me too busy to go hang out at the other events. So like once I started feeling like a shut-in where I was like, every community event that I did was the event that came to me, to my space, you know, then I started to feel like I was losing connection to the rest of the community and the rest of the region. So probably a good thing to look out for. Have you ever dealt with anything uh, like that, Dan, like a kind of like a burnout from too much kind of output and visibility? Uh, I haven't, luckily, uh, but I know many people who have, and I'm I'm an empathetic person, so I've definitely felt it via proxy. I like. I just want to say, Tony, you are a super smart dude. Check is in the mail. But man, like, and, and you deliver that knowledge in a way where no one ever feels like, man, I should have known that. They're just like, oh yeah. And so you talking about being in other communities, I'm sure you'll see a pattern here. I have a story about this. So <laughs> I was uh, in the circle community. It was the only community I was in at the time outside of a Slack uh, entrepreneurial group that I'm in. And I was in there complaining openly. And I always try to do this in a positive way where people can relate and I'm not just complaining. But I was you know, very open about the fact that I'm frustrated in a good way. And it was, you see these gurus and they say, go find a community and add value and that people will maybe want what you have and come you know, ask you questions or whatever. And I'm like, first of all, stop saying add value and tell me what the hell that means. Second of all, if there was a community full of entrepreneurs that wanted to learn how to look and sound good on camera, I would own that community. And if someone else owned that community, I couldn't go in there and swipe away their people. Like, that's not cool. I can't just go into a community like that. And then literally, it was like a tap, tap on the shoulder. It was a DM in a Zoom call that had nothing to do with this. I was just complaining. And they're like, hey, you're in one right now. Literally, someone said that. I was like, oh my God. This isn't a community full of entrepreneurs who want to learn how to look and sound good on camera. This is a community full of community builders, and some of them want to leverage video and what they're doing. Boom. So that was the beginning of me realizing that being in other communities is a way to grow your business and to help people and to be helpful and to be helped. So I love that you brought that up and did it in a way where no one's got to feel bad about like, I haven't thought about that before because it accidentally happened to me. And now it's my number one go-to. It's being a community helping telling everyone what I'm up to and what I do. And then whoever needs me, I'm there. And it's amazing. It's a, it's a real balancing act too, to be in a community. If you, especially if you like, if you have a thing you're already selling, you know, cause you, you know, you don't want to be pushing that. Um, so you really want to focus on being generative, being genuinely there to support other people and then kind of letting people find you. One of the things I tell people too is that when you're just getting started, before you even have like a brand name, before you've even decided if you're going to do this thing, it's a huge advantage because you can go into these rooms and you're just a person. You know, people let their guard down a little bit. They're not thinking like, oh, what is this guy selling me? It's like, I'm just an interested individual and I have some interests, some ideas. Maybe I'll start something, but I'm just a person right now. And I think that's a huge advantage as well, which is not to say you can't do that once you do have a business, but it's nice to kind of lean into the liminal space before you make a commitment and invite people along on that journey with you. Yeah, man. And that's where storytelling comes in. That's where the medicine and the cheese comes in. So one of my favorite things to do, because most of these communities have like an introduce yourself section. I spin around, I use my YouTube setup, the lights, the background, the neon, the cool looking stuff. And I'm like, Hey, community, I'm Dan, and this is what I do. And then within my intro video, they're seeing, wow, he looks and sounds really good. 
he helps other people do the same thing. That was kind of entertaining. That guy's a little bit different. He's like bald head and beard Viking guy, but is like kind of quiet and nice. That's an interesting juxtaposition. Whatever the case may be, I'm telling a story and telling people what I do just through introducing myself. And that's a great way to enter into any kind of community is like use your skill set in a non-selling way just to introduce yourself. That's I love that. It works so good. And it's true. You did it in pro and it's like, all right, this guy's legit from the get-go. And very purposely, I titled that like grab some popcorn and hit play because I'm making fun of myself, like taking this so serious and it's almost like a little mini movie, you know, Uh, have some fun with it. But also I know what, how people react when they don't personally have that skill set. They're like, holy crap, (laughs) like how much time did this guy spend on this video or whatever? And it gets the point across in a fun way. Yeah. I was just thinking about the intention of this interview wasn't to be like an, uh, you know, a, a pro commercial, but since that's like a big point of context for all of us, cause we all interact with each other in there. I just, you know, bear with me, but yeah, I mean, I think from a member perspective, right? Like flipping the switch, like as a new member joining a community, right? Um, like you, you knocked it out of the park cause you did something unique um, and it's hard because like how, how we do enrollments, we do the, the cohorts, the quarterly enrollments. So there's kind of this wave of people introducing themselves and I love it, but it's, you know, there's a lot of people, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of these say hellos over the course of like a, a week or two. And I remember yours distinctly because it was very unique and I don't even think I realized until you just said it, but like it was, it was really well done as far as I knew exactly what you did. Could definitely tell you knew what you were talking about. Yeah. Just like super. And so you, you quickly became like a power user, if you will. It's interesting to think about from a community builder standpoint, like doing that when you join communities, because you immediately, people know, will know who you are and resonate. And so if you are looking for, if gaining members is a, is a part of being in one of those communities like that, that is the way to do it. I love it. I'm always looking for shortcuts, cheats, <laughs> ways to get Swipes. through things, swipes, all of the things. So I have this thing I do in life that is pretty fun to me and is to take some kind of word that has a negative connotation to it and point out the positive. One of those things is selfishness. Everyone's heard of, you know, airplane oxygen goes down, the mass drops, put your own on so you can help other people. I take that very literally. So I'm very selfish. What people don't know is right underneath selfishness for me is being helpful and helping other people get wins. So when I'm being selfish and taking what I want, other people generally don't feel that I'm not a parasite. There's a symbiosis and a reciprocity to this and they feel good too because they're getting something they need. That's called relationship, right? (laughs) That's what we're all doing. Um, So, you know, I I looked at like steal and swipe and those sorts of things. And when I came in, I'm like, okay, I got a window and I know that I got to make an impression. And it's not to show off, it's just to cut through. How am I going to make an impact here? And the cheat is that I had already been in circle, asked a lot of questions and saw that the things I was contributing, the founders got a hold of me. I was like, we see what you're doing there. That's kind of cool. Keep doing what you're doing. And that might be a feature we do someday. I had Matilde, who's you know the community manager, saying, uh, I love the way that you pointed that out or how vulnerable you are when you say, look at my community. It's not done, but I'm sharing it because I want to get feedback. So having that kind of like knowledge base already, I came in and I'm like, what do community managers and teams love? They love engagement. They love helpful people. And they love when they come to a comment and you've maybe already answered it a little bit. And they're like, 
they beat me to it. That's cool because now community is helping community. And I knew that before I signed up. So I came in just guns blazing, like who can help me? Where do I need to be? And what can I ignore? Because it doesn't pertain to me. And it gave me this sense of feeling of like, there's people to each side of me. We're, we're similar levels, whether it's, you know, the size of our business or we're both solopreneurs or whatever the case may be. There's people behind me that I can quickly throw a hand back and grab theirs. And then there's people in front of me that I'm like, hey, slow down a second. How did you do that? And they help and pull me forward. And if they pull me forward and the people next to me and I'm pulling someone behind me, I mean, it's a beautiful compounding effect <laughs> that you can have inside a community. So, yeah, I'm always just, you know, being selfish and cheating. That's what I'm really up to. <laughs> Dan, the cheating, selfish guy with the beard, making the world a better place. We've got the tagline for the episode. We figured it Dan, out. Dan, the cheating, selfish guy. Cheat and steal your way to success with Dan <laughs> Oh my goodness. Guys, we are, we got we to gotta rapid fire it up. I know. Tony, Tony, take it away. I'm excited. Oh my goodness. All right. All right. Well, we don't want to have to do this, but we got to, we got to, we got to go, we got communities to go help. All right. So Dan, we are doing, this is V2 of our rapid fire, which means it's going to be actual rapid, no actual fire though. And so I'm going to ask you questions. You give me quick uh, one-liner answers. We are going to do our darndest not to ask you follow-up questions. <laughs> All right, Dan, are you ready? I am so ready. This is fun. Dan, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a race car driver. How do you define community? People helping people, even when they're not asked to. <sighs> Something on your bucket list that you have done. Went to Peru and saw Machu Picchu. Nice. And on your bucket list, still on the list, not yet done. Uh, shark diving with my partner, Jax. A book that you are loving, either currently or an all-timer. Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you could live anywhere else other than where you live, where would you live? I'm going to say Texas where I live now because I just moved here and I used to live in Michigan and winters are horrible. So it would be where I'm at now. <laughs> Deal. All right. Last one. How do you want to be remembered? Oh, a guy that helped thousands of entrepreneurs share their story more effectively. Sounds like you are well on your way, Dan. Thank you so much. Final, final, finally, how do we find you on the internet? If you're a social media type person, danhaslinks.com. All my links are there. <laughs> Dan has links. Dan has right links, y'all. Yeah, that's uh, that's everything. I'm the antipreneur.com is my personal site. And uh, if you're interested in one minute media, even if it's just ask questions, one, the number one, M-I-N, short for minute, media.com. One minute media.com. Nice. Dot com. Dan, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you. I will see you in pro. And uh, best of luck with all of the things. Okay, that was our conversation with Dan Bennett, aka the Entrepreneur, uh, and he's wonderful. Yep, just a, it's so fun to talk to. Also, he should just have a video playlist on his YouTube. That's just storytelling, like just the life of Dan. He has so many good stories. We didn't even get into all of them. Whiteboard in the woods with Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Storytelling, absolutely critically important. So valuable. I feel like there are a lot of people who have great stories to tell. And with just the right bit of structure, you really can turn a story into something that is just really captivating and compelling. So I think learning how to distill what you need to explain or, or distill your story into something that is that, that kind of follows that format, I think is so valuable. 
Yeah. And I love his approach to teaching storytelling because he knows that's not the the sexy thing. People are like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, I want the cool camera and the setup and let's get my studio looking good and how he gets people to learn the piece, the storytelling piece while doing the fun tech setup is very brilliant. Honestly, it's very cool. I'm going to have to dig into that a little more. I'm going to have to steal that. <laughs> yeah. And stealing, I mean, it's, it's such an important thing for us to learn from other people. And part of why it's so important to be a member of other communities, if you want to be a community leader, communities don't happen in a vacuum. They grow out of other communities. And so being aware of what's out there, showing up to other things, you can find some prospective members, prospective collaborators. Just so much good that comes from being a member in other communities, being a participant and a contributor, somebody who adds value, hugely important. You know, it's funny because something we didn't really touch on because we talked about, you know, Dan is an excellent example of someone who has spent a lot of time in different communities where he is a, a, like an active member. There's also on the flip side value to spending some time in some communities that maybe aren't your cup of tea. And learning from them as well. For example, you know I love Reddit. Got to get Evan on the show sometime from Reddit. I'd love to talk horror stories with him. There are some subreddits that are very fighty or negative, or they you know, very easily will gang up on people. But the point being spending time in communities. And, and one, uh, Tony, what you were saying about find your community members in other communities. And it doesn't have to be this sleazy, weird thing. It can be very authentic. And I think our conversation really, really spoke to that. The stuff I do in the circle community is a great example. We've gotten quite a few people join pro that that come from that community because they see the stuff we're doing because I've been tapped to do a few presentations. I try to answer questions when I see them that it's something that I know I can help with because I have that kind of unique experience that people who might be new to managing a community don't have. And I'm really happy to help because I know it's stressful. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, adding value and endearing yourself to the organizers. Organizers are by and large people who are overworked and underappreciated or undercompensated. So, you know, if you show up and you help, you know, you're willing to be helpful and make their lives easier, eventually you'll start to become a trusted uh, part of a community and you'll be welcomed and, you know, you're going to have some value come back at you one way or another. Um, it's all good old fashioned social capital. Pretty cool. Uh, but the other thing is that, you know, again, if you're looking for community members, you know, if I talk to somebody who's trying to grow their community, I say, well, who do you know now? And they say, well, you know, usually we can get through something there, but if we say, well, you know, maybe we've kind of pumped pump that well dry. What communities are you a member of? What communities aren't you a member of that you could go check out right now that maybe you know you, you ought to be checking out? There's always something going on. There's always something somewhere where you can be going and hanging out and getting exposed to something new. Go find that something new and make some new friends, add some value. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I liked when we talked about adding value. It's like it sounds it sounds like I'm recharging a card at like an arcade or something, you know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know. do good stuff and be helpful to people. And it's going to come back around. Tried and true. I think that's the mic drop moment right there. I'm curious what 
anybody listening, tag us on Twitter at Team SBI and let us know what communities you're a member of, not not a administrator of. Let us know what communities you spend time in. View the world through community eyes, which you could put in. I have a Rage Against the Machine song stuck in my head community now. Community eyes, community yes. eyes. View the world through community eyes. Make sure okay. you add value. <laughs> and leave something behind. Okay, we got to wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> uh, it's been the community experience. It's Tony. It's Jill. We'll Continue see you next Raging Tuesday. The machine. <laughs> see you next Tuesday. Yes. Bye. This has been the community experience. For more information on this episode, including links and show notes, head over to smartpassiveincome.com slash listen. You can find Mr. Dan Bennett on the internet in various places, and he's made it easy for you. You just go to danhaslinks.com, and it will redirect you to a place where you can find all of his stuff. Uh, he's also I am. I'm the entrepreneur on various socials and I'm the entrepreneur.com and his company is one minute media, one min media.com. Our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Our series producers are David Grabowski and senior producer, Sarah Jane Hess editing and sound design by Duncan Brown music by David Grabowski. See you next time.